Hello and welcome to episode 36 of your fest, the podcast that's all about festivals. I am one of your hosts, Johnny Sharples, and I'm joined as ever and always by my mustachio co-host, Mr. Tommy Stewart. Tommy, how are you doing today? Yeah, good, mate. I'm full of uh, full of joy, optimism, youth and vigour and a freshly shaved face. Not youth, what am I talking about? How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. I also have a freshly shaved face, um, but no moustache to show for it, which you, of course, do. Uh, last time, wait, was it? I can't remember if last episode one before, but uh, anyway, recently you did have a little filter on with a little cherry sprout coming out your head and a lovely uh, David Brent slash Kanye West-esque uh, goatee beard, which I think, if your follicles will allow it, should grow in real life. Um, I can't grow a moustache, even, <laughs> sh- even if I'd never shaved before now in my 34 years, I still would not have a moustache by this point. So um, that's how, um, but I can really recommend Harry's Grooming for all your... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> one day, mate, one day. <laughs> We're not being sponsored by Squarespace yes. or any mattress companies <laughs> or Manscaped. <laughs> or, or the new one, the Peter Crouch podcast. Oh yeah, or beer fifty two is that? Yeah, beer fifty two. Yeah, none of these. I, I happen it. to. I have the beer. Uh, not that I happen to know. It's it's not even. Um, it's not private news. Peter Crouch podcast is now. Um, it still goes out on five on BBC, but it is run. But it's the production company has gone away from the BBC. Hence why every fucking podcast nowadays, other than ours, is being sponsored by that. Don't listen to the Peter Crouch podcast. No, listen to this. Anyway, for anybody that's not listened before, we're not here to name drop a whole bunch of companies like it's Wayne's World. Uh, what is this podcast yeah. actually all about? <laughs> this uh, Your Fest is about your hypothetical dream festival where you pick uh, three headliners, you pick three days of the week. Oh, did I mention it can be anyone dead or alive? And you pick a name and location for said festival. And our guest this week is the Taskmaster, the assistant himself, little Alex Horn, somebody we have been absolutely desperate to get for 36 episodes, and we finally got him. So we're really excited to see what he does with the, with the concept. We're really excited to see who he picks, and it will be very exciting for all of us, I think, Tommy. Yeah, he, he uh, we, I mean, this has been on, I, I can't even say on my part, on Johnny's part, this has been months of work and pestering Alex, and not that he was elusive to us, uh, or, or, ignorant he's, he's a very very busy man uh we managed to fit in a 9 p.m slot which we it's the latest festival we've ever planned uh which is just classic sort of alex horn and we were it's probably the episode we most speculated and we were kind of most nervous about it in terms of just like how is he going to do this is he going to uh you know mess with the format and the system and you all know alex horn you know you all know how great he is so yeah this is really 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 exciting so should we find out what he did with his festival? We probably should, mate. This is episode 36 of your fest with the fantastic Alex Horn. Let's go. Yeehaw. Uh-uh, little Alex Horn. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Alex Horn to the Your Fest Planning Committee. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I haven't been on a committee for a while, so this is exciting. I don't know when the last committee was. Maybe this is my first committee. Something I've started asking, what are you more excited about, being part of a hypothetical planning committee or curating your actual festival itself? I like the idea of a planning committee, um, especially with two people I've, you know, don't I don't know you very well. <laughs> um, and and also festivals are quite daunting. Um, so yeah, I think I'm more comfortable in a committee setting than a festival setting, probably. Have you um, you're used to planning things? Uh, you plan all the tasks on Taskmaster. Do you think those are easier than planning an entire festival? <laughs> um, you know, my son is at secondary school. He's eleven. He had to plan a festival the other week for, as his homework, and I did look at it. I think that is a nightmare. Um, Whereas our tasks is easy, you just get one person and no audience. So, yeah, I I, I mean, tasks is literally all I do every day. So, yeah, this is quite daunting. And as I explained to you just before we started recording, I haven't thought about it at all. 
So um, <laughs> that makes it slightly harder. But I'm excited. A dumbing, a dumbing indictment that your 11-year-old son's put more thought into into this uh, scenario <laughs> than you. <laughs> it is. It is. What was I still think it'll be good. I think, I think maybe this is the best. People plan things too much. Like, I'd, I wish our wedding had been more spontaneous. What, just plan yeah. it on, like, on, on the day, winged it just on the see day? See what happens. Yes, yeah. yeah, see, see who turns up. <laughs> Can I ask who's in, in what your son's festival was looking like? Um, it was all about profit. Right, wow. <laughs> okay. All about the money. He was going to have one bin, one massive bin in the middle. So you save money on the bin collectors. So just have one huge bin. So it's all about. I don't. I don't think he listed any bands. If they had done, it would have been Madness and Queen, and that's it. That's all he likes. Wow, really? Um, and my list will be pretty similar to that. How old? How old, how old is he? He's eleven, but he oh, he only listens to what his parents listen to. I've got bad taste in music. I need to mention that early on. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the trailer for the new uh, Madness film? Any of you? I just saw it yesterday. No, I mean, I really am a massive Madness fan, but I, but I mean, not big enough to see this. But what, what's the film? Is it a documentary? It, it just, yeah, it's, it comes out in May, but it was it was an advert for another YouTube video. Um, right. And I just, it was just a one and a half minute trailer. And, you know, obviously you usually skip through adverts, but I watched the whole bloody thing. So, and I'll hopefully be watching it at the cinema in May. But uh, yeah, I, it's it looks really good. There's just there's one soundbite I can remember off the top of my head, which was... Uh, Sags wasn't there. He gone to football. <laughs> you can't do much without your main man. I said, you bastard. I need to be up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a can couple take... of madness stories, but we can do them later on if you want, because they will feature definitely in my festival. Excellent. Can we take odds on what this... Is it called One Step Beyond, the, uh, the documentary? Is it called Our House? No, it's called... Um, it's something weird. It might be something about being nutty or something. Uh, right, yeah. But yeah, it's it's not a song name, but it, it it's a good name. I also, funnily enough, I watched the Shane McGowan film last night, uh, which I've been meaning to watch for a while, which is both, uh, as someone who stopped drinking six weeks ago myself, um, Wow. That's that's an advert if I've ever seen one for never touch a drink again. <laughs> well, he's a celebrity I most often get compared to looks wise. Really? Yeah, the teeth. <laughs> the teeth and the sort of narrow face, I think. <laughs> Rat-like features. Well, there was a section of the of the film about five or ten minutes saying like how he's he's saying he's not a good looking chap, but a lot of uh women uh, disagreeing, saying otherwise, saying how he's a bit of a sex symbol. I don't know if we can say the same for you. That's that's for um, the people. Un unlikely sex symbol. No, I, I, Greg's been, Greg Davis has been, I think he's won the un most weird, weird crush thing on Heat magazine. That sort of weird, <laughs> unwanted title. My girlfriend fancies him. So, yeah. yeah. He's go. got something. He's got a big face, big rock like face. <laughs> But then again, so so is uh, the mountain in America with all the presidents on, and I don't see that with uh, on weird crush lists. So. I bet people do. <laughs> I bet people fancy Mount Rushmore somewhere. <laughs> all good thing to have a crush on. There are documentaries about people fancying cars and exhaust pipes, so mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sure Rushmore's in there. Yeah. Uh, one festival you have taken part in, which was mentioned in last week's episode, was uh, Tuscanbury. Mm. Did you take you left much of the planning of that up to the the bands and artists that took place? But you you were a bit of a roadie. Is that something that you would see yourself as at your own festival? Yeah, I quite enjoyed being the person who announced the stuff. You know, I I quite like that person who's put on the festival, but is keen to have his little moment on the stage beforehand. Um, but Tuscanbury was quite weird because there was only one person in the audience, and all the songs were about that person. So. <laughs> There's actually, I'd really recommend you watch a short film. I can't remember the name of it, but Tim Key and Tom Baston made it. It's about someone who won the lottery and spent all the money on getting his favourite band to an island to put on a festival just for him. It's wow. oh, the, something, the festival of what? Anyway, it's really good. I should remember it. But yeah, it was a bit like that. So Rosalind was there by herself. And uh, I, yeah, it's my sort of festival. One song, it's enough. <laughs> to be fair that film sounds a lot like mark watson's festival itself which was in his parents back garden right and it was 15 friends and family and then there was only five tickets on <laughs> on sales to the general public and considering the lineup was super fairy animals madonna and rem 
Um, mm-hmm. A lot of servers are going to be down that day for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, an intimate gig. It's nothing like it, really, because you don't want to be... T- I don't know. I guess you're weighing up being with 100,000 people and having that sort of sense of shared experience or having five people and it being the most intimate gig ever. You, you want one or the other, I think. Yeah, because also the, the problem with... I mean, post-COVID, I'm quite... The, the thought of going back to Glastonbury, I'm, part of it excites me, but the other part finds it quite daunting, that many people. Mm. However, I think what, what is more daunting is um, Michael Stipe from REM, just you and five other people, and him looking you in the eye, which just feels really... I don't yeah, know. and horrible for him. I, don't I mean, as a comedian, I've done a couple of gigs with like two or three people in the audience in the old days <laughs> at Edinburgh, and it's a bit of a standoff. Because if they don't laugh, you know they're not laughing. But if they're laughing wrong, you know, if they're pretending, that's not good. Yeah. And you definitely know when they leave. That's the... If if they leave, sorry, you definitely yeah. know. Yeah, it's a, it's a big if, hopefully. Mark also said about... Uh, what was it? I, th- I think Latitude, and he said about playing in front of a couple of thousand people. But even then, as opposed to, say, your... Uh, elbow or entertainment parlor on the other stage you're not going to there's 50,000 people you're not going to notice if one person or even 20 people for that matter leave whereas as a comedian mm. even if one person out of 5,000 leaves you still notice yeah. it you still Broad see daylight. it I mean I'm not having any comedy on my festival just so you know I, I, I'm not convinced it works unless you have a band and then it really works so when we've done festivals as the horn section you can literally see I mean it doesn't I'm not saying just us, but I think comedy bands have something that should be used more in festivals because people perk up and you've got you've got banter between songs and you've got it's not just song after song, you've got stuff. So I I'd have cut some comedy bands, but probably Chaz and Dave. And us, and, our, and my own band, if that's all right. Well, yeah. Uh, what stage of the committee meeting are we at, by the way? Have you done the agenda? Um, no we've no one's ever asked that. <laughs> it would be nice. We've uh, we've taken some minutes. Uh, right. Mainly just says Mount Rushmore and Weird Crush so far. Okay. Uh, Mine so just says not... your name and the date. <laughs> well, like, very very loose by the committee. What well, are your like, two uh, job titles? Sorry, I need to know. Johnny, what's your job title? Um, your fest co-host. I, I'm, I think I can guess yours, Tommy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's of a similar ilk. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, but Johnny sorts the toilets as well. So that's a little, just a little side note. A little perk for Johnny. Yes, exactly, yeah. And Tommy sorts out the one giant bin in the middle of the festival. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, they can be used as the same thing, really, as well. Yeah. The, the big the giant toilet and the giant bin. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Why not? Uh, so you've already said that you find uh, festivals quite a sort of overwhelming experience. Are you not a fan of them overall? Um, which, which ones do you like? No, I am a big fan. Um, but a big fan who has... Been to a mod, a very modest amount. I've never been to Glastonbury. I, w- I got my GCSE results and went straight to Reading when I was fifteen, just about to approach sixteenth birthday. And looking back now, now that I've got an eleven-year-old. I think that's quite young, but really good for a teenager. And you know, we had some. I think we had poppers. I think that was poppers <laughs> yes. and a lot of alcohol. Yeah, but nothing stronger than that. I'm pretty clean living. Um. In terms of like, I've never done drugs, but I did do poppers, and that was, I think, that was a good experience for a fifteen-year-old. And I'm trying to be a sort of parent who thinks that's okay. Um, 
but it was seminal definitely it was seminal so there was people like i'm pretty sure so i went two years in a row so so it's a bit blurry about which bands were which year but there was definitely primal scream and red hot chili peppers and radio radiohead wow those three have sort of stayed with me as big things when i was a 15 year old um, surprisingly yeah <clears throat> and I, I i'm not a big gig goer but i'm so glad i did that at that age but and since then i've taken my kids to some things i've taken them to the green man festival and um which is great for kids and then weirdly last well two years ago we went to the car fest which is chris evans's sort of uh charity one and that's brilliant for families but it's very much the other end of reading and leeds it's very family friendly but i think even for you know eight nine ten year olds to be exposed to that many people having a good time and being dressed up and some of them being pretty drunk but actually there's not it's not it's a safe environment. I, I do think for families, festivals are such a such a good thing. You've you've brought back some um, war scars in terms of poppers. I remember my first festival when I was sixteen as well, and uh, I remember there was this thing that people did, which was dipping a cigarette in poppers and then smoking the cigarette. I don't know if you did that. But I just remember it being the most disgusting thing ever. Yeah, it didn't do that. I think we just didn't know how much to have. <laughs> you just, I think we just kept doing it. And it made my nose really black, a thing inside. Yeah. I remember the snot being bad for weeks. Yeah, I, rem- I remember coming home. I remember mum and dad picking me up on the Monday and I had, like, my nose was sore, basically. Yeah. And they were, they were just, you know, fuming. They're like, I don't know, they, they didn't understand drugs, so like, asking if I was sniffing cocaine. I just had to, in the end, I just had to say, like, it was poppers. All right, I was sniffing poppers. So, like, yeah. all right, fine. It's illegal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you come back from your first festival, you come back a different person, even if it's just for a week, but you, can't, you it's like you see the world differently at, at 15, 16. Everything coming back from the Vietnam War. War. Yeah. <laughs> you were there, man. Yeah. Oh, oh, I want to go to one now. Yeah, like I did too. <laughs> yeah, go to Vietnam, please. Um, so you said you played a few festivals with the horn section. I imagine that com- that combination of comedy and music that you've touched on is always very well received at a festival. Is that something you found? Uh yeah, they're really fun. They're really fun because we they're not good for money, so you tend to do it for the ticket. You know, you go there and you have a weekend with your mates. That that's why it's brilliant, and you're not by yourself on the stage, so everything's shared. And actually, at, at Carfest, we were we opened the event and there was, I don't know, however many thousands of people. It's the biggest gig we've ever done. And they're all, you know, swaying. And it, it, it made us feel like we were rock stars for wow. 20 minutes, which was really cool. Cause normally we do art centers. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, it was, it was great. And if, you know, if you look too closely, you realize lots of them just having picnics. I, I'm quite surprised that you've, uh, that you guys haven't done Glastonbury. Have you ever been asked or? No, I mean, so the band have all done it in various guises because they all play with other people. So, and actually, our trumpeter is the trumpeter with Madness, and he went to Madstock. Wow. When he was sort of 18, he went to Madstock, and now he's in them. He's been their trumpeter for the last 10 years, or in their brass section. So oh my God. And, yeah. But they always say it is, it is so big, Glastonbury. And as a band, you know, a lot of the time is spent getting, getting around. So, we're, we're probably more interested in latitude and festivals like that. But I mean, I, I, I need, need to go once to Glastonbury and I'd love to perform once. So yeah, if we're ever asked, we would jump at it. Are they a common band that you're all into Madness? And, and was he was he already in Madness when you met? Like, is, are, they, are they a staple for your band? They so are I've been in bands before and, and found that like, there's only about three or four bands that you all kind of agree on. Uh, yeah. Liking them, uh, it sound like. I don't. I don't know if we all agree on them. So that what happened with Madness is quite unusual. So we, two of my band and me, went to primary school together, and we actually met when we were like one years old because our mums were best friends. So and two of them became musicians. We all, we all we were all in Chichester Youth Orchestra, but I was only in it for a week, and um, and I had no talent. So they became professional musicians. But Madness was the first band I remember putting on as a cassette and actually thinking, I get this. This speaks to me when I was maybe 12 or something. And it was Madstock, I think. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was, it might have been Madness, what, their first album. My girl's mad at me. 
I didn't want to see the film tonight I found it hard to say She thought I'd had enough of her Why can't she see She's lovely to me But I like to stay in And watch TV On my own Anyway, and then Joe eventually became part of the band, which was the coolest thing ever. But that was after we'd, I think that was after we, oh, I don't really remember the timeline. But we did one gig in Paris where Madness were on the same night as us. We did some weird event, but Joe had to do both gigs. And we all got the Euro tunnel together. This is one my only showbiz story I've got, I think. Um, <laughs> but Brooks and I both turned up to the, to the, um, train station without our passports because we didn't think you need it because it's it's a train so we then had to get motorbike we had to get a later train then motorbikes to cross paris <laughs> and it was brilliant and their rider was just vodka like loads and loads and loads of vodka because we went to their after party and they're proper rock and roll people it's brilliant you know they they just go for it every single time and their audiences are you know they're on the verge of being terrifying really they're, yeah there's a lot of I, I think if you looked at them, there's quite a lot of skinheads. But they're nice skin. They're the right side of that movement. And at the last gig I went to was me and Greg at Camden Roundhouse watching Madness last Christmas. And uh, just brilliant. The atmosphere is always amazing at those gigs. Well, by, by now, there's sort of all, all those bands in, like the post-punk bands and the ska bands, they've kind of siphoned out all the all the bad skinheads yeah. and you'd hope that the good ones have sort of stayed when when was this by the way the motorcycle thing that must have been eight years ago probably and so the gig was in paris so you sort of see french equivalents of the hardcore <laughs> it's just the same and because you know that you know all the songs they put a couple of the new ones in but i mean the roundhouse gig it was pretty much all the classics and it's you know they just hammer them out and they're pretty they, they're having a good time, I think, on stage. They're, I, I don't think they're entirely sober. <laughs> Which adds, you know, everyone is having a big night. It's brilliant. My first introduction to Suggs was the, uh, uh, and I loved him, was because my mom and dad used to be really into that programme on Channel 5 he presented. So, yeah, yeah. What was it called again? Not a clue, but he did go, through, he'd had a lot of careers, really, because I think they were huge and then they went away a bit and he became a personality for a bit. And he did a one one man show up in Edinburgh, and it was really good. So he's a funny bloke. What, like a comedy show? Yeah, did a comedy show. Well, it was sort of a, it was a story of his life. So it wasn't a stand up show, but it had funny anecdotes. But um, our pianist Ed went up to him in Paris and, and called him by his real name, and insisted on it because he was quite drunk. And Suggs was furious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't a happy moment. I mean, you know, he was pretty, pretty annoying. Our pianist. I didn't even know he had a real name. I thought like that was it, you know, like Prince or whatever. Yeah, Seal. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember what it is. It's let's so not say it in case we get him on. We, we no, don't no, exactly. Speak we know he's listening. <laughs> yeah. um, moving on to your dream festival, then, Alex. To begin with, and I know you're very well prepared for it. We're going to need a <laughs> yeah. name for the festival and a location for it. Okay, so can I do location first? Yes. Whatever you want. Okay, so the location is going to be Chesham United Football Club, which is our local ground. It's it. There's no seats. Well, there's 20 seats for the <laughs> um, w weird... I don't know who they're for, actually, but you pay about a pound extra to get the seat. But you can fit 5,000 in there, and that's where the fireworks happen. Where, it's where I live. The fireworks happen there every year. And I've done a, a Taskmaster event there. We filmed there before, and it's brilliant. It, it's sort of the hub of the town. So we'll have the festival there. Uh, and I think it will last a, a, a full weekend. I think we'll do Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if that's all right. That's fine by me. Great. That's good to know. We'll find a day when the trouble is, it'll have to be, yeah, it'll have to be out of season. So middle of summer, because yeah. Kesham and Aylesbury share the ground. So oh, there really? are no three weekends. Well, I, I go to uh, the... 11th tier local football team in Manchester um, in Chorlton where I, where I live. Yeah. Which is called West Hidsbury in Chorlton. Shout out to them. But they do, it's exactly the same. It can fit about 
about that amount, but there's there's one tiny stand, the Rob Turley stand, which fits yeah. about 20 people. And also, they have the fireworks in Chilton every year that's there. Brilliant. That's how it should be, isn't it? They should use these places more. And they do, actually. Our one is good. They, they, the bar is now a nursery during the week for kids. <laughs> it's hilarious because it stinks of booze. <laughs> uh, but I do want to say there is a Chesham Festival. It's called Berry Fields every year. And it's brilliant. So I don't want to try, it will be a shared thing with them. It, it might be a fundraiser for Berryfields, actually. Great. Because I think a town should have a festival. And Berryfields is good. I, I had to compare it compare it a couple of years ago. And I had to interrupt Finley Quay on, on the one song we all know by him because a, five, <laughs> a five-year-old went missing. And I had to say, we stopped the song just as he was saying the sunshine line. Sunshining, the weather is sweet, and he was he was furious as well. <laughs> um, is Chesham United Football Club the location of where Ellis James inf- infamously kicks a football at a child's uh, a, a child? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. So, so John Robbins lives in in the next door town of Amersham. So, uh, yeah, they they chose that as their commentary place, and I was a pundit on it, and yeah. It's a good, it's a good ground. It's a good little ground, but it'll be good for a festival because you've got the turnstiles, you've got some catering. It's used to burger bars. It's used to football festivals. So, and I think seeing people camp on it, I'd want like probably just two stages, one at either end in each goal mouth, <laughs> and then camping in the middle. I think Does I that work. That. Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, I think probably I'm... one big tent and sleeping bag. And also, I think that's quite a nice amount. It's not the um... It's not as small as someone's parents' garden mm. of twenty, and it's not the hundred thousand, two hundred thousand of Glastonbury. A nice, nice five thousand or so. Yeah, but we might need like a wall in the middle. I'm a bit worried about the noise spill. Okay. Um, yeah, so we'll build a wall if that's all right. That people, that people are cool with building walls, aren't they? Donald Trump's out of work, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll get Trump in to build. <laughs> but then he'd have artwork on the wall. I think that, yeah, I think that'd be good. Like a nice mini Berlin wall sort of thing. Yeah, maybe at the end we'll smash it down. Do we have a name for this festival? No, um, the name's coming. <laughs> the name's coming. <laughs> well, I don't want it to be something fest or something berry, really. I want something new. We can, you know, it, you don't have to do it now. I suppose we can talk through and it can it can come at the end. It might, it might come to us at some point. I mean, it will, it will happen. The Which we've never done before, actually. I quite, I quite like the thought of it just popping out of nowhere. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of pressure when we get down to the last few minutes and we haven't got one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, okay, let's, let's leave it hanging for a bit. Okay, okay so what's Friday night at the uh, Nameless Festival looking like for us? Well, so actually Joe, who's a bit of a running feature in this, Joe the Trumpeter, he... My other favourite festival is something called Orkfest. His surname is Auckland. And he did do festivals in his garden for 10 years. His mum put them on. And uh, and it was brilliant. It was a classic festival in your garden festival, but with really good musicians, because he's a musician and all his mates are. So I would have the band from Orkfest, which is, it's a mix of all his mates, really talented people, but all getting drunk. So a sort of super, super group of people you've never heard of. Um, Brilliant. So I think all my band would be in it, all the people they know. So it's the singers from Basement Jacks would be in it. Really? They're brilliant. There's a girl called Vula who's just amazing. Uh, she wrote one of the Basement and oh my, oh my gosh, she wrote things. What a song. I always think backing singers are better than the real singers. And, you know, backing such a derogatory word. Why is that? I don't know. They're just cooler. I always watch them. I'm much more interested in them. Um, so, yeah, it's a band full of backing singers. <laughs> <laughs> but just a super group where people are taking it in turns to come to the front and sing. 
and they might be on they'll be on for three hours I think. and but you know guests will keep coming up and just mucking in a super group with very little ego then as well yeah yeah exactly and surprising people will come to the front and you realize that the drummer can sing and that sort of thing yeah so, so many group super groups so many super groups are just formed of uh loads of front men basically i'm thinking of the dirty mac john lennon uh, yeah john lennon eric clapton keith richards and keith moon maybe i, I can't remember but yeah there's a lot of egos yeah <laughs> The travel is it the traveling traveling yeah, yeah 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 my dad was a big fan of them and bob dylan and the band yeah 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 crosby crosby stills nash and young as well they're another there you go. group full of ego yeah yeah so this will be, be a nice change nice change yeah and name i mean i feel like it, it might be called the nameless festival to be honest if there's no big names on it it's that's a sort of cool name of a festival is it or it might be pretentious but oh, i like it I, I think like it, it might be called that because I think I might panic if we don't name it soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could tell. You know what? I could tell. Um, I'm quite less so fair about these things. Johnny was. I, I could tell when Johnny was introducing it. What's <laughs> yeah, yeah. it looking like at the? <laughs> well, I, think, I think you did then say at the nameless festivals. You don't even need to edit that bit out. There you go. There you go. There you go. It was the nameless festival all along. I think that's a good name. I'm into it. The name I, of it. This is yeah. why we have a planning committee. Yeah. yeah. Because these ideas just spring out. So are we committing? Am I committing to that you haven't heard of anyone at this festival? I think I am. It might. It might make Tommy adding the the yeah. music into the episode quite difficult, but uh, I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I am. Johnny was saying about me editing the music in, but uh, you have mentioned, oh my gosh, from Basement Jacks. Also, well, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but um, you did allude to the fact that Madness might be involved. So, or yeah, are you, are you going to keep it? Yeah, I think they will. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. There will be bands like Madness, but they won't be on the bill. So every time the compare comes on, it's exciting. You haven't, you like haven't got who's coming on next. And because yeah, otherwise, I hate it when people all rush over to the something stage at 11 o'clock because there's a band playing and they lead this other great band in the lurch. So that won't happen. Good. Oh. Yeah, that's a good That's a good concept. And again, it's one we've never had before, I think. Great. I'm glad I thought about this beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would, they just be, would they just be riffing or would they have songs planned, the, the band from Orkfest, or would they just go with the flow? They have their standards. You know, it's going to be like um, Van Morrison, I think. They're expected to know 400 songs and then me or someone will just say, right, play this, and they will know they they'll know it, and it will be slightly rough around the edges. But you know, I like it when somebody starts the groove and everyone joins in. It'll be yeah, it'll be very loose. Thank God that's the side of Van Morrison that they're taking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything, not anything else from him. Maybe maybe you know in a nice mood. <laughs> Is that even a thing anymore? I don't. Let's yeah. Let's. Trouble is, my 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 in-laws are all from Northern Ireland, and he is an absolute hero. Um, so let's yeah. I don't want to offend anyone, any big Van Morrison fans. We've had the band from Orkfest on the Friday uh, of uh, the Neighbours Festival. What yeah. is Saturday looking like for us? Yeah. Okay. Then this is where I do come unstuck. So, so it could be anyone, can it? Past and present, or is it is it, is it alive? Absolutely anybody at all. Okay, I'm going to have Ivor Cutler. Good morning, how are you? Shut up! Don't give me the small talk, give me the big talk. A million, million and six. Oh, I love that big talk, give me some more. Elephants, elephants, oh, I love that big talk, give me some more. No! I hate to talk the big talk, I love to talk the small talk. All right, go ahead. The Scottish poet, and uh, he does a song called Hello, which I want on repeat for a bit. Um, and then, how many bands am I, am I allowed on the Saturday? Not yourself, as many as you want. As many as you want. All right, well, I think we will go for the quick medley of... Um, of... Uh, Radiohead, Primal Scream, and uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Smashing Pumpkins, they were there, so we'll have them as well.
guys, we, this is the first time we've had uh, Smashing Pumpkins pick. Oh. Um, they're one of my favourite bands. So following on from you're a big R. fan, aren't you, Johnny? I love Smashing Pumpkins. I, I don't. I'm not particularly fond of Billy Corgan as a person, but I like Smashing Pumpkins. And it took me. He's one of the. He's one of those that took me a long time to get used to his voice. Mm. Um, I know you had uh, on your recent uh, hip hop save the horn section. You talked about uh, the voice of uh, what's his name? Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill. Yeah. yeah, you talked about the voice from the guy from Cypress Hill, and I think it is quite similar for all being yeah. in a different genre. Yeah. Voice. Yeah, it's a big call, but I think Saturday is a super super day. It's super Saturday. So again, you don't know if you've got a ticket, you don't know these people are coming on. So you've seen Ivor Cutler and you're probably thinking this is pretty weird. But then four massive bands. But then it's only midday. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to have a recreation of a concert or a gig I went to in my hometown of Midhurst with Ben and Joe from the band when we were, I reckon, 16. It was in Cowdery Park, which is sort of in the middle well, basically, we crashed it. You, we, you could climb into it over a river. And it was put on by... Uh, uh, I'm going to get some of these details wrong, but I think it was put on by Clapton. Jimmy Page was there. It had some Floyd. Wow. It had, I think, a bit of tubular bells, like Mike Oldfield. Um, and I, I feel like Roger Taylor was there anyway. So it was just the huge AOR bands from the 90s and 80s and 70s, but big, big names. And it was, you know, big light show, proper Pink Floyd stuff. So they will do a 12-hour shift between them. <laughs> <laughs> you say some of Pink Floyd... Who who of Pink Floyd? I can't remember the details. Uh, so Nick Mason lives in Sussex, I think. Um, right. But I think it was Dave Gilmore, I'm pretty sure, was there. But I can't remember. It was so sketchy. You know, there was no phones in those days. Like, literally no mobile phones hadn't been invented. So there's no... I, I might have the programme somewhere, but... Um, I don't know. But it was just... I just remember big names. I remember definitely Clapton. I think Clapton put it on. There were all these wealthy old rockers who lived down in Sussex. <laughs> Was that music that you were into, or did you just go because it was something that no, was weirdly, on in your town? It was a golden, really odd thing that I was big into Queen and Led Zeppelin and and Pink Floyd. So you know they were couldn't have been better. And and Eric Clapton, to be honest. So yeah. So I'm now in a different room. I'm now in my bedroom. Um, I don't know if you noticed that I was whilst you two were talking, I was uh, walking around the house with you guys. Um, I, tried not, I tried not to look. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to when I have to summarise this at the end and try and get my mishmash together of uh, what's been said. We're still on the Saturday though, right? Yeah, Saturday is unfortunately by miles the best day. Yeah, okay. I, I, no, I, I think I've got it all. I've just got a new Queen t-shirt actually. As, as a Queen, as a fellow Queen fan, you might appreciate it. Oh, lovely. Uh... Yeah, I used to have, they're sort of my last album band, you know, where you, I think I had all the albums. Sort of, my dad had a night at the opera on L on LP, um, and which was one of the first sort of records I listened to a lot because we had a record player. And funnily enough, I was about to bring up the Queen song "Cool Cat."
very different to a lot of other Queen songs, and I only discovered it fairly recently. As I the, don't know. Uh, it's very. I think Bowie might have written it, and it's quite uh, like Brian May is playing like a funky sort of almost chic-esque guitar, which is incredible. I'm, I'm, um, gonna, I'm gonna keep talking to you, but I'm gonna let my animal out. I've got a dog who needs to go out. Oh, that's fine, yeah. Oh, but yeah, we're, we're still good. We're still good. But she will bark for a bit and then I'll let her back in. That's how it works every single night. Is it like clockwork? Is it around yeah. the same time every night? Yeah, it's normally during a podcast as well, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this, this is the latest podcast we've ever recorded. Is, is this the usual sort of time? That yeah, my you're... wife goes to bed. At, so my wife does breakfast radio with Chris Evans, which is why we've got the car fest link. So um, she goes to bed at half eight. So... This is work time. It's great. She goes to bed and I can keep going. Lovely. Um, is that all the acts for Saturday at the Nameless Festival? I think it better <laughs> be, yeah. After those 12 hours of, uh, of Jimmy Page and Eric Clapton whiling away on their guitars, I think people yeah. might need a, a nice night's sleep. Yeah. Simple, simple question here, but who would you rate as a better guitar player, Jimmy Page or Clapton? I mean, it's got to be Jimmy Page, I think. Partly because okay. he sometimes had the, double, he had the double guitar for a bit. And when you're 14, that double guitar was the coolest thing in the world. I had that <laughs> picture of that on my wall. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so Sunday, the, the last day of, of Nameless Festival, mm. or the festival with no name, um, what's that looking like? Are we having another big band day or is it uh, another jam session? You know what's going to happen, first of all? I went to a festival called... Not a clue what it was called, but it was a Christian festival. The Greenbelt Festival, that's what it's called. It was a Cheltenham race course, and I'm not religious at all. But they did a brilliant thing called Hymns and Beer, which was where they put the words up to hymns, and everyone got drunk and sung the hymns as loudly as they could. And it was it's like the best gig ever because everyone knows the words to Onward, Onward Christian Soldiers and that sort of thing. thing. I don't. Th I think I'd want secular songs, not religious ones. But I'm sure there's something like words, songs that we all know, even happy birthday, just just everyone sing it loud. So I want I'll have a bit of that. So it probably will, but maybe carols. We'll have carols, carols and beer. But religious songs are good. Hymns are really good for that. We, funnily enough, that Shane McGowan documentary I was talking of earlier, um, he he said when he first he said one of the most beautiful things you can ever witness is Catholic Mass and how that was one of the biggest influences on his music wow. as well. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know, it can be. Yeah, and this wasn't, it didn't feel religious. It was just, you know, everyone knew all the words to the same songs. So a sort of big karaoke session, I suppose. One of the most impressive bands I've ever seen. It was a work Christmas do, uh, not the one just gone, obviously, the one before uh, 2019. And I forgot what year we were in then. But the band, the it was a live karaoke band at the bar and you could, they didn't even have a songbook. You could literally just request anything. And I was oh. so impressed that I was just like, that's you've great. gone. Yeah. They, they went from playing. Um, I think I did don't stop me now by queen with the solo and everything. And I mean, they probably get don't stop me now quite a lot, but they went from that to, um, I don't know, Jackson 5 or something like that. And it's, I, I find that so impressive yeah, as yeah. a bad musician myself to, to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we'll have quite a lot of instrumental stuff on the Sunday. So I think we'll have this karaoke session. Then we'll have uh, a brass band, um, but a marching band, I think. I quite like seeing musicians walk around. <laughs> and it might be quite a movable, Earn their money. <laughs> yeah, it might be quite a movable day. I think, you know, I think the bands might mill around quite a bit. I do quite like it when there's a band at Berryfields a couple of years ago. Oh, what are they called? They're sort of they're a bit like Mumford and Sons in that there was some fiddling and there was some banjo, but they were really good. Oh, I can't remember what they're called. Can you think of a 
they're sort of an English, they're an English band that do the festival scene. It's something like CC mm. Smugglers. That's what they're called, CC Smugglers. Yeah, okay. So they, they did a good bit, which was pretty cheesy, but they got down from the stage into the middle of the of mosh pit and were playing their instruments all a cappella and singing, and, and it was brilliant. I think Jamie Cullen does it as well, and it's quite, you know, it's slightly infuriating, but it really works. You know, it gets the crowd. So we'll have a bit of that. I, I saw uh, the National do that, um, where they, they basically, this is at, what was it, Six Music Festival years ago, at the Victoria Warehouse in Manchester, and they, for one of their finishing songs, it's quite a beautiful, it's a very much a sing-along, like where most of the song is chorus, the whole song is just three chords, and they just went acoustic and turned all their mics off. So it was, they weren't in the crowd itself, but it was basically just the crowd singing, but you could hear just oh, right. like one one drum beat keeping everyone in time and like acoustic guitar. Was that thing that like speaking quietly, then everyone will be drawn in and listen to you? Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm. I once saw a band called Skinny Lister play, um, and they have a double bass player, and he crowd surfed while playing the double bass, which was quite impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, that's health and safety problems, but we'll ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> That's Johnny's job as well, funnily enough, as well as toilets, uh, health and safety. Oh, is it? Fine. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, are we having a, a madness? They're coming down. They're, they'll be there right at the end. They've got, we've got three more bands. We've got hip, the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. <laughs> that's the sort of that will get we'll go from the uh, normal brass band to a marching band to hypnotic brass with with cc smugglers as well and yeah. then we've got um three pig farmers from ireland um, who <laughs> played, they played at my wedding which was 16 years ago and i don't know anything about them except they were three pig farmers and they were brilliant they were just that you know they weren't professionals but they did they did our wedding they did all the normal wedding songs so i'll get them back and then we'll get madness on i'm just going to bring the dog back in that's fine did you did you get him <laughs> i'm enjoying this right i'm also now on three percent batteries so i'm just gonna put that <laughs> <laughs> okay there all yours. cheers alex how is he? Is the dog all right? Well, I'll put you on mute. There we go. How's the dog? Is he all right? Dog's in disgrace. <laughs> Nightmare. <laughs> What's the dog's name? Lockie. L-O-K-Y. But um, no, she's good. But she does bark. Anyway, all fine. Oh, bless her. <laughs> Sorry about so that. So we, madness we were on. Yes. So they're coming on. Yeah. So it went from the peak, th sorry, three pig farmers from Ireland onto yeah. madness. Yeah, they'll sort of segue into them. I think I think the pig farms will do like an hour and a half <laughs> to really build up the tension, but they can't be the headline. And then Madness will come on and do a disappointingly short 40 minutes. <laughs> Good. You've got to leave them wanting more. Good. How did you find the pig farmers from Ireland? Did they just did they just turn up? No, they were just <laughs> the only available band. It was on New Year's Day, 2005. And I think they were the only ones we could get. But it didn't really matter. Just, you know, live music is just great. I think whoever plays it, as long as it's not really awful, you know, just seeing people have a go. And in Ireland, you know, really, we took our kids to some trad music in uh, Galway last, the summer before last. And it was just brilliant just seeing people play in a pub. And, and there, those trad music sessions, people just bring their fiddles and get up and play. And they all know, know the standards and... Oh, it's just the best. I'm pretty jealous because I'm, I'm not a musician at all. And I really wish I was, you know, that shared language and all that. Have you ever attempted it? Like, have you have you tried to... Is, it, is there an, a particular instrument that you'd like to play? Well, I... Uh, so 
I played the French horn when I was little because my surname's horn. And I thought that was hilarious. And it turns out <laughs> such a stupid instrument, really hard. And no one wants to listen to it or play with you. Whereas my, I've got an eight-year-old who started guitar last year. And that's the instrument, definitely. I wish I'd learned that because my two older kids both play saxophone a bit, which is fine. And it's a lot easier than the French horn. But it's still, I don't know. It's, you've got to be good at the saxophone to pull that off. Yeah, I, I remember when I was, I must have been eight years old and they brought in some, you know, that would have been 98. And in my school, they, the people came in with like the saxophones and the, the cornets and the trumpets trying to, yeah, yeah. trying to make you learn an instrument and sell them to you. And I was, I was like, I'm going to play a saxophone or the trumpet, whatever. They proper golden and shiny and alluring to me at that age. And my mom and my older brother, to their credit, my brother would have been about 18 and Britpop sort of time. And like, just play the guitar. Honestly, learn the guitar. Yeah. It will benefit you so much more in your life. It'll be so much cooler growing up. And I just really didn't want to. Anyway, I ended up going with the guitar, which I don't regret. Yeah. But also, like, he picks it up, the eight-year-old, like it's a toy. Like, you'll just pick it up and play with it like you're supposed to. Because, like, the word play, you do, you're meant to play an instrument. Whereas the saxophone is always a chore. You have to go and do your saxophone practice and... They don't fiddle about with it like you do with a guitar. Exactly, yeah. Um, are the horn section playing at any point in this festival? I think we'll probably a... be a constant presence. You know, I think we'll plug the gaps. And yeah, I think we'll just pop on and off. So, uh, yeah. yeah, they'll be there. Taxes, everybody does pay their taxes. I pay mine every day. Sadly, you can't get away. They will hunt you down and kill you. You should be frightened of the HMRC. They're very thorough at the HMRC. They have everything for young men to enjoy. Um, and what song will Madness be closing out the entire festival with? I think probably cheesily, it probably will be our house. Shivers up my spine, I think, you know, with the whole. Oh, my. She's the one they're going to miss in lots of ways. She's the one that they'll miss and all that, that sort of line. I, you know, yeah, I think it'll be that probably. Um, I'll probably start with One Step Beyond because that's what they always do. Yeah, I, I, I like, you know, you know where you are with them. Since, since I saw that trailer for that film, I've been listening to, um, well, it must be love, which is just mm. one of the most beautiful songs, uh, love songs ever. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big Madness fan. Well, they're sort of simple pop songs, aren't they? And but then they're really odd ones, like the Cairo. What's the what's the name of the Cairo? The night night boat night, to Cairo. Night boat to Cairo. Yeah, which is brilliant. You know, really sort of gets everyone going. Yeah, they're a brilliant band. Lovely stuff. Uh, Tommy, do you want to go through Alex's festival? I'm going to try. Um, it's quite, my notes are quite scattergun today, but it is, uh, so 
Alex Horn, your your first is at Chesham United Football Club, um, and so I think it took us halfway through. No, it's kind of near the end of planning uh, the Friday and beginning of Saturday. We finally came up with the name, which is Nameless Festival. On the Friday, we've got a lot of instrumental bands. So we've got the band from Orkfest playing. Uh, the singer from Basement Jacks, I've got written down, is involved somewhere. Yeah. One section will be butting in and out of it. So it's a lot of, uh, what do we say? It's a lot of singers, but a uh, super group, but with no egos. That's Saturday, we, yeah, Saturday, we've got Ivor Cutler opening up with Hello, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, repeated a few times. And we've got your first Reading uh, lineup, which is... Radiohead, Primal Scream, Smashing Pumpkins and the Chili Peppers, that's all before 12. Uh, and then we've got a mishmash of some legendary sort of rockers doing a 12-hour sh- shift, which includes Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page and some of Pink Floyd. I think Phil uh, Collins, by the way, he drops in. Sorry about that. Phil Collins, yeah. Bring him in. Into that session. Literally helicopter yeah. in and then he might not even play. Which is what he did at uh, Live Aid, isn't it? Where uh, Noel, Noel Edmonds run, run all the helicopters. Uh, right. And he uh, and they got him over to, and then he got on a Concorde, didn't he, to Philadelphia to play both. What a legend! Sunday it opens with hymns and beer, uh, so just a basically a live early Sunday morning pissed up sort of karaoke. And we got a normal bass, brass band, uh, walking brass band. We got CC Smugglers, hypnotic brass ensemble. Uh, following that, we've got three pig farmers from Ireland doing about an hour and a half. And then everyone's thinking they're the headliners. And then it's Madness opening up with One Step Beyond, finishing with Our House, doing a disappointingly short 40-minute set. Alex Horn, thank you for coming on your fest. Oh, thank you. God, this is much better than Desert Island Discs. <laughs> <laughs> One last question before we go. Have you got the Golden Girls on your jumper? Yes, I do have the Golden Girls on my jumper. <laughs> <laughs> Good spot. Well done. They're eating cheesecakes. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And if you threw a party, you invited everyone you knew. You would see the biggest gift would be for me and the car. episode 36 of your fest with the fantastic alex horn and didn't mess about with the format as much as we thought he did did he uh, tommy albeit i did think briefly that three uh, pig farmers from ireland was a genuine <laughs> nme band that i just hadn't heard of um yeah a bizarre, it, a bizarre festival for different reasons than we anticipated i think yeah and um you you might be able to hear in uh the, the sound quality of audio the first uh sort of two thirds maybe the podcast compared to the final third we had a lot of technical issues with that episode uh but it was nonetheless we got through it and it was genuinely a pleasure i, I mean um especially for johnny's worked really hard on this one so i was chuffed for him and chuffed that alex was uh just as hilarious and brilliant as as we expected and madness first time for madness who i'm, I'm a massive fan of so all in all, a bloody good episode and bloody great to chat to little Alex Horn. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please do go back and listen to our previous episodes. We've had some former Taskmaster contestants on there like Ed Gamble, Asim Chowdhury and last week's guest Mark Watson as well. The new series of Taskmasters just started. I very much doubt you're listening to this podcast without having watched Taskmaster before, but do go and watch that. You can catch it on all four. It's every week on a Thursday night at nine o'clock as well. And go and follow Alex on Twitter at Alex Horn. You can follow me on Twitter, but not on Instagram, at Johnny Gabriel. And you can follow Tommy on Twitter and Instagram at... Tom Andrew Stew. And you can follow Your Fest on Twitter and Instagram at Your Fest Podcast. And we'll see you again next week for episode 37 of Your Fest. We'll see you there. We love you lots. You've got one hour. Your time starts now. Now. Bye. Love you. Bye. Ah, ah, ah.